This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. Being home for Christmas for you may mean different things, but I can tell you this, as a family of God, we get to gather together and this can be our home. And of course, we've been talking about that uh, over the last number of weeks, but I know this can be home, and I hope you feel that way at the end of the service as well. And uh, I want to just reflect a little bit. This week, uh, there's a lot of activities that are going on, and, and I, I know people are handling Christmas a little bit different. You know, Now, people aren't going to the store as much. They got delivery men showing up at their doorstep, right? You got the Amazon delivery truck or the UPS or the uh, U.S. mail or people are dropping things off that have been ordered online and people have adapted to different ways of doing things. Family gatherings are being done in a different way this year. Of course, there's so many different ways. Some people are gathering their family together, um, and there's an expanded ability under the law now where you can have uh, three households or whatever, and some people expand the meaning of that over time. But then others are just careful, and then they, they have to stay home, and they're vulnerable, and, and we need to protect the people that are vulnerable, amen? We need to take care of people. You know, we've got a number of Emmanuel uh, people that were in our church for decades that are now in uh, assisted living facilities and those kind of things. Let's not forget them. Let's believe for them and love them and pray for them and care for them. Can I get an amen to that? Let's not forget people that are on the periphery of our lives. In fact, I want to give you a challenge this week, uh, Emmanuel, my challenge is this. Remember the friends and family in your world who are alone or disconnected and include them in your week. Include them in your week. However you can do it. You can do it this Thursday or Friday as we go into Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. At Emmanuel Christmas Eve, we have additional services on each of our locations. And, and you can come to church and join us at church and include people in your story. Don't just come alone. Bring people in. It'll be a family service. It'll be a lot of fun and music and those kind of things in one hour. We'll pack it in. But it can be another opportunity to invite people to be a part of your week, and I believe that the best really can come out of this week when we include those around us. Now, we've been talking about journeying home. In the last few weeks, we talked about Abraham and his journey. We talked about Jesus in this story of the prodigal son who came home. And, and then last week, didn't Jody do a great job as she shared about the heart and the home and how that all plays into um, uh, the story of Christmas. But today we're going to talk about the ultimate journey home, Joseph and Mary's trip to a town called Bethlehem. And the title of my message is, Are We There Yet? Turn to the person next to you and say, Are We There Yet? All right, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2, the great story as they move towards Bethlehem. At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth, in Galilee. 
Now, I want you all to read out loud with me verse 4 again. You ready? Here we go. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem. He had to go. I want you to think of that phrase. He didn't have an option. He had to go. You see, why was there this census going? 2020 is a census here in America. Well, this census thing has been going on with governments for thousands of years. The Roman Empire covered three continents during this era of a time we're reading about in Luke. And uh, the Romans had to figure out how to control and lead and provide for all, all the, the governmental needs of, of those areas. And because Israel was in a place that was one of the, uh, the towns and the people groups that was under the leadership of the Roman Empire, they too had to go through a census. Now, they couldn't bring everybody back to Rome. That's thousands and thousands of miles. They couldn't bring everybody back. So the way they organized it is they actually had to go back to their ancestral town. Now, I don't know if you would go where your ancestral town would be if you had to go back home. Some of you, it's like Duluth or uh, St. Paul, or maybe, maybe it's somewhere on another continent. In your ancestor home, you would have to go back. And it was one of those things where he had to go. He didn't have a choice. And you know, there's a lot of things in life that we don't have a choice about. We don't have a choice of what family we're born into. We don't have a choice about how tall we are. How many wish you could be a little bit taller? <laughs> Some of you are like, I wish I was shorter. Uh, we do have a choice about how heavy we are, I suppose, in some areas, but uh, there's so many things we don't have a choice about in life. We, none of us chose to have a pandemic in 2020, right? We didn't want this. It's just something that happened, and here we are. We're in the middle of it. Some people, though, by human nature, when we have to go through something like this, where Joseph had to take his family back to, to Bethlehem in the census, we, we feel like uh, things that we want to buck against the system, things we don't like, we want to call it out, and, and our human nature would say something like this, I'm not going, I don't agree with the census, I don't like the Romans, I don't believe the decisions they are making are right. How many know he still had to go? <laughs> he still had to go. And you're about to see that God is bigger than the governments of the world. God actually used the Roman Empire to push the divine plan forward. See, they didn't know what they were up to. They were really doing God's will. When they set up the census, it was because Jesus needed to be born in a specific place. And there is always more going on than what you see. There's always more going on than what you see. Joseph had to go home. He was a descendant of a legend in the Old Testament named David. And David's family home was in Bethlehem. And you might wonder, why does he have to go back there? Just like we wonder, why do we have to go through this journey that we're on in 2020? And the answer is that God is prepared for this all along. This time, God knew about it ahead of time. He's not surprised. He knew it was coming. In fact, God is never surprised. Some of us are like, but isn't God worried? Nope, he's not biting his nails. His knees aren't shaking. He knew what would happen. He's not afraid and neither should we be afraid. He knew it was coming. In the whole Old Testament, in fact, uh, if I, I'm going to hold up my, my Bible here. In fact, somebody, some of us use electronic versions now. Some of us use paper. Hold up your Bible, whatever version you got in your hands. Let me just see it. All right, all right. Okay, first service, it was overwhelmingly paper. 
Second service, overwhelmingly electronic. It's an amazing thing that happens throughout a day. But I want you to consider that in the, in the Bible, what the Bible really is. Not everybody is aware of what is this thing. And really, this is the history of humanity and God's creation and the relationship with God and people. So you see it in Genesis as God has created everything, including you and me. He created the, the trees and the animals and the, the fish, everything on, that we see God created. And then as people grew and populated the earth, now people had a choice of whether or not to follow God's ways. And some people chose to go against what God wanted to do. And I know this, as they chose to go against what God wanted to do, there were consequences for violating God's laws. Did you know God's laws are not set up to, to cause us pain or to be a killjoy? But God's laws were set up to, for our own health. They're for our protection. And so people chose over the years, and you'll go through from left to right, from the beginning of the book towards the right, all the things that are in the left-hand side of the book, if you will, the Old Testament, are about the story of the relationship between God and people and a nation called Israel. And Israel was a special group of people that had a relationship with God. But it was not exclusive because God's original design was for Israel to show the rest of the world how to have a relationship with God as well. But Israel kind of went their own way. There were times, and they went in cycles. Sometimes they were following God, and other times they just did their own thing. And there were consequences for doing their own thing. How many of you parents have raised kids and you know there's consequences when your kids do the wrong thing. So we discipline our kids, and when we discipline our kids, we do it for their benefit. No, it's not a good thing to put your hand on a hot stove. There's consequences for that. So parents discipline their kids for the kid's benefit. And this is what God does with his people. He allows them to go through discipline pain in their story for their good because in their pain their hearts would turn back to God and say I need to be back with you God and so as we move along in the Old Testament there's an amazing thing going on God is beginning to move in the hearts of the people and the people are beginning to say I don't like what I, I, my own control of my life I can't do this I need help. And they desired what we now call the Messiah. The Messiah was a prophetic figure that when you get into the last part of the Old Testament, there's these prophets that would speak God's inspired word to people and hidden within those words to the people of Israel and the nations around them were prophetic previews, like the preview of a movie about a future time coming. And one of the things that the prophets began to speak of is that there was a Messiah coming that could do what the people couldn't. He could heal the heart and the mind and allow them to live under God's blessing inside and out. And so this Messiah would come, and they were very, very much looking forward to it. Because when they looked around the world, everywhere they went, it wasn't, we're not in a unique time in 2020. When we see injustice in the land, and we see people's hurting, and socioeconomic differences, and people groups being plundered and hurt and wounded, and people around the world going through genocide, we're not unique in world history. This has been going on since the beginning of time when, when Adam and Eve sinned. In people's heart, we are 
forced to do and we are compelled to do evil apart from God. And this is what was happening in the earth. So the people of God would hear the prophets say, there's a Messiah coming, not to change the outward, but to change the inward. And when the inward changes, now justice and mercy flows in every system on the planet. It doesn't matter what governmental system you're under, doesn't matter the climate, doesn't matter the language, but when you come under God's kingdom and his ways, the heart changes and it enables you to live a different way. Can I get an amen to that? And so as they looked forward, they thought of, of this moment. And this place called Bethlehem was spoken of the prophets hundreds of years before Mary and Joseph made their way back to Bethlehem. In Micah chapter 5, one of the prophets said, But you, O Bethlehem of Hephlerth, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. Bethlehem would be the place, and it was spoken of hundreds of years previously. And the prophets said that the Messiah would have descriptive names declaring good news for people everywhere on the planet. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 9, another Old Testament prophet, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end and he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. Those names meant something. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor. How many know this world needs a Wonderful Counselor in 2020? Depression and anxiety are at all-time highs. In the middle of a pandemic, people are feeling alone, and they're feeling hopeless, and they're feeling like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Teenagers are trying to kill themselves and suicidal attempts are at an all-time high. You don't even hear about it in our news media channels anymore because it's happening on a local level in our hospitals and COVID is really the thing that's in the news all the time. But underneath the COVID pandemic crisis, there are families splitting apart, marriages that are rendered useless or in pain. And I'm telling you this right now, we need the wonderful counselor in 2020. We need something different than what we can get on our phones and what we can get online. We need a supernatural Messiah in our stories. And Jesus was the Messiah that was promised, the wonderful counselor. And he would be called the Prince of Peace. He would be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But he would not just come to be the ruler. He would come to be a shepherd. And we are like sheep who are feeling wounded and scattered. In another place, Isaiah says this. He says, all of us like sheep have strayed away and we have left God's paths to follow our own. And yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Another prophetic picture of what was to come. You see, God sees people and he sees people wandering and scattered and when we're wandering and scattered, we're vulnerable to the enemy and its attack. And the enemy comes in and kills and destroys. And Jesus sees that, and the Bible calls him a shepherd 
who not only was born to be a king and to be a wonderful counselor, but one who would die on our behalf. Because sin rules and reigns, we need a savior. We need somebody that can do that we can't. You can't work yourself enough. You can't fill your bank account enough to get what only Jesus can give you. And Jesus is coming. He is coming, the promise was, all these hundreds of years before he actually came. Jesus is coming to fill what we can't fill any other way. And all of Scripture would point forward because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the four Gospels, are all in the New Testament. It's the story of the life of Jesus. But before this ever happened, the Old Testament pointed forward to this moment as the ultimate home, if you will. The place to go where you can be yourself and you can be home and you are wanted and you're a part of a family. And so all of the Old Testament moves this way and to restore hope and peace. I want to see, how many have your phones with you? Let me see your phones. Hopefully, yeah, I see the Emmanuel MN app over here. That's awesome. I don't see Amazon.com. All right, it's good. I want you to consider phones have changed a lot, and, and people use phones for different things. Some people are iPhone people, and some people are Android people, phone people. And when you open up your phone, uh, there used to be a button on my phone. I'm an iPhone guy. And... Uh, and I would push the button and it would take me home. Now, nowadays you, you flip it up or you show your face or there's a different way to do that. But I want you, have you ever had the experience where you're in an app and you're like, you go way into the app and you forget time. You're watching YouTube or you're, you're on Twitter or you're on Instagram or something and all of a sudden you don't remember the time and you just kind of get lost in it. And uh, you're like, oh shoot. I don't remember where I'm supposed to be for my doctor appointment, or I've got something on my calendar I need to get to. Now what you need to do in order to get to your calendar is you got to go back home. And so then you have to figure out how to push home to get back to the place you need to be so you can go where you need to go. In a very real way, what we're talking about today is that Jesus would become the home button for all of humanity, all of history and all of the people in the future. That no matter how lost you feel, no matter what app you're in, no matter how far away you feel, all you got to do is get home so you can go where you need to be. Can I get an amen to that? Now, this is, this is the power of this story. You're like, boy, Pastor Nate, you're going a long ways on Mary and Joseph on the trip from Nazareth to, to, to Bethlehem. But I just want you to consider he had to go. Joseph had to go, and you and I have to go home. You have to go home, too, back to the creator, the judge of all things, the perfect one, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, Emmanuel. God is with us. And it isn't always going to be easy because, listen, just like it was 90 miles from Nazareth to, to, to Bethlehem, and it wasn't like they jumped in their car and it was just a couple-hour drive or an hour-and-a-half drive, and they stopped in Hinkley to get cinnamon rolls on the way up there. It wasn't like that. It was, this was a long journey. They had to, you know, get on the, you've seen the pictures and the dramatizations of getting on a donkey and, and going over flatlands and up and over hills. And, and really, it was 90 miles. The mo most uh, distance that people would go through during those days was about 20 miles in a day. So you're talking about a multiple day journey. And on top of that, this is a tough journey. She is pregnant. Now, I don't know. 
Uh, how, not everybody's been pregnant. I've never been pregnant, but I sure watched my wife four times. And pregnancy brings on challenges with travel, any kind of travel, let alone a 90-mile journey on the back of a donkey. In fact, you know, the, the, the further along the pregnancy goes and the bigger the baby gets, the more difficult the journey. My wife, she birthed four giants, okay? And uh, some of you are laughing because <laughs> it's true, all right? So David, our firstborn, was nine pounds, ten and a half ounces. Timmy, our thirdborn son, was ten pounds, four ounces. My wife is a little skinny, short girl. She's, she's birthing these babies. Well, what happens? That baby is all out here. And the thing is, the further along you go, the less you can really move without it hurting. And the hurt was coming on, okay? So when you think the journey and the struggle was difficult, and on top of that, if I'm Mary, I'm like, Joseph, really? We got to go to Bethlehem? Can we just stay here? We got an excuse. Why do we have to go? You know, if you're Mary, you're like, no, you go, I'm staying here. But the both of them needed to go. Why? Because the baby needed to be born in Bethlehem. This was the place that God had predicted hundreds of years before through prophecy. Now listen, as you think of the pain of the journey you're in, I'm going to get a little serious here for a moment. I don't know all the pain and how you got to where you're at, and you feel like you're in the middle of a journey that you don't like, and you really don't know why. Why am I going through this? Why are we going through this? Why am I feeling what I feel? In the middle of it, I want you to remember that there's something on the other side of your pain. That this pain can have purpose. Now, God doesn't want you to go through pain. But when you're in pain, he has an ability to take you somewhere. Hopefully, your pain is taking you toward home. If not, you'll find yourself in an endless cycle of other pains. One after another. But if you can just get home, if you can just get to Bethlehem, if you can just get to where God has designed you to be in his destiny, then you'll discover that the pain produced something powerful. Romans chapter 8, Paul is speaking to the church. And he's talking about our pain in our journeys. And he's thinking about how we all go through struggle. And what should we do about the pain? Listen to this. He says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. What he's saying is that in the middle of our struggle, the Holy Spirit is there. And in, when we learn to yield to the Spirit of God and the heart of God the Father, then he has the capacity now to take all of the stuff that we're going through that does not make sense and somehow work it all together for the good. And by the way, it's not just for the good for us. It's also for the people in our stories, 
For the people in our stories matter as well. Our kids, our our neighbors, our friends. And they are going through struggle as well. And we can't always fix our friends' problems, can we? Sometimes you've got a friend or a sister or a a close relative that is, is always sharing with you their frustrations and their pains, and you don't know how to help them. I want you to hear the good news here. In the middle of your struggle, when you learn to yield to God, you go home. You take it back home. You take it to the home that God has given you. And I'm not talking just in church. I'm talking to that place where you go back to God. When you get back to him, he has a capacity to take it because you're now giving it to him. And he can take the weaknesses and the brokenness and the confusion and the impossibility. And he can weave it all together in the mystery just like he did in the mystery we're reading about. He can do it for the good of those around us as well. Can I get an amen to that? This is, this is what Joseph and Mary did. They surrendered to God in a mystery that didn't make sense. They had to go. So even though Mary might not want it to have gone, she went because she still trusted God. She still persevered in her pain. She didn't stop in her struggle. She she moved towards her destination. So look at the ultimate home for Christmas moment in Luke chapter 2, verse 5. And he took with him Mary, Joseph did, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So the moment happens, and we'll talk about it on Christmas Eve again, the moment of Jesus' birth. And by the way, the reason that Bethlehem had no rooms is there was a census. Not not just Mary and Joseph had to come back to their ancestor home, but everybody had to come back. Every hotel was filled, every house was filled, caves were filled, and this is why Jesus was born in a manger. And I want you to catch that even the obstacles of capacity did not stop God's plan from happening. You might feel like there's no way anything good could happen in my future, but I'm telling you, nothing is impossible with God. God can do anything. He can do it his way. I want you to look back and consider this story into your own. I titled the message, Are We There Yet? For a reason. You see, that when you go on a journey, there's, a, there's common experiences that we have. We used to take our family back to Michigan, um, and we would go back a couple times a year, and, and as the kids grew, and, and uh, we had to have the minivan, and, and uh, I remember when I said I will never get a minivan, and then we had our third kid, and I had to get a minivan. And, um, and, and, uh, and we would get in the car and pack it full of food and all those kind of things, and and have the movies playing, trying to keep the kids okay while I'm driving that eight or nine hour journey. But I can tell you this over and over and over again, I would hear a few things. I would hear, uh, what's for dinner? I would hear, uh, are we there yet? Because they wanted to know. They didn't know, I have a sense of, of what's going on around them or the distance. Kids couldn't have a concept of time and space, but they wanted to know, are we there yet? 
And when I think of your story and my story, I want to think in terms of, am I there yet? Am I in the place where I need to be? Am I home in my spirit? Or am I lost in some distant app? And something happened in my story that took me off track and hope and peace feel so far away. Or am I in the place where I need to be? Am I in this place where God wants me to be? So many of us have been on journeys everywhere. Life has taken you to some places you like and others not so much. Moments that really caught you up and you loved and then moments you didn't like. Sometimes we go down a journey or a road that has us thinking, how did I get here? Why do I feel so far from home? And it's like you're caught in some program that has separated you from a life that has that peace and a hope. And in 2020, we've been pulled into so many discussions and facts and experiences, arguments and confusion, that home seems like a distant reality. Your political app loved the attention from you this year and now is inventing reasons to not let you go. Lockdowns and financial uncertainty is stressing people out. And relationships with friends and our marriages are strained. Many people are under the hopeless feeling of depression that leads to other things like anger and withdrawal or addiction. I want to ask you a question this morning. I want you to take this question seriously. Are you there yet? Are you there are you home? Are you experiencing Jesus the Messiah? The hope of Jesus' arrival isn't just a cool historical moment. It's an opportunity for you to come home. It's time to push the home button on your life, to return to Jesus. Are you home yet? Come on, church. Are you home yet? And I know that while I'm speaking right now to people in Elk River, Maple Grove, and online and in the sanctuary, I know that we all have different experiences. There's not just two categories. We've all gone through many different things. But I'm telling you, no matter what journey you've been on, no matter where you've walked, there's only one home and his name is Jesus. Jesus is your place that pulls it all together. All the thinking and the processing and all the things that you've been working through. You may feel tired and exhausted from it. I want you to know, come to Jesus. He's the one that says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Only Jesus provides that rest for you today. And I want to encourage you, he is here. If you've walked with Jesus for your whole life, it's still possible to be outside the promises of home as you get swept up in the conversations of other things in your story. And I want to say this to you, church, no matter how long you've been at this church, no matter how long you've been following Christ, you need to go back home yourself. You need to remind yourself, center yourself in the goodness of God and the promises that are everlasting. You need to get back to the old, old story of Jesus being born and then he was died and rose again. I'm telling you, you need to get back to the gospel, the plain truth, the promise of peace that comes from the Prince of Peace. But I also know there are some of you right now that you've gone down a road and you're like, I don't know how I got here, but I don't have the peace that you're talking about, Pastor. I don't have the joy that you're talking about. I don't have the hope. And you need a relationship with Jesus. And you can come home right now. You can give your life to Jesus right now, right where you're at, no matter what you've gone through. You don't have to get right. You don't have to memorize a bunch of scriptures. You need to bow your knee before heaven and simply say, I believe and I need you, Jesus.
You can do that right now, wherever you are. In fact, in our church, if you could, could you all just stand wherever you're at, in each of our locations? I want you to just stand for a moment. We'll worship in a few moments, but I want to give an opportunity. If you need to go home right now, you need to get your life back with Jesus, I want to pray with you. In fact, close your eyes across all of our campuses. You're in a place right now where you need to give your life to Jesus or you need to come back to him. I want to lead you in a prayer, a first step in your journey home with Jesus. And I want to lead you in a prayer. So if that's you, you need to come back to Christ. or You need to give him your life today for the first time. I want to give you words to pray, but you've got to mean it. You're on a journey in your heart, in your life, back to God. And I want to lead you in this prayer. In fact, just pray it out loud. Repeat after me and everybody else you can join right in. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth. You lived a sinless life. You died on the cross for my sin. And then you rose from the dead. Today, I surrender to you. I'm coming home. I ask you to be my leader, my savior, for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Somebody give the Lord some praise in church, amen. I know this, this time of year, there are people who come to church two times a year, Christmas and Easter sometimes. I call you Christers, okay? But if you came home today and you gave your life to Christ, I want you to stay on the journey. Don't wander away. Stay in the journey. And if you could, the next step of following Jesus, I want to help you with. If you could just text the word Emmanuel, the 313131, you just literally take your phone out and text the word Emmanuel. I'll send you a quick link on your next steps on your journey of staying home, staying on the journey with Jesus. One more time, would you give it up for all of our friends that just gave their lives to Christ? Amen. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services live every week. Check out emmanuelcc.org for details. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.